1: Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or
0: tape recording. This is Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Never say never, but never. I plan on leading this team with an unwavering standard. Everybody love everybody. We will
1: call it the golden standard. And this is the standard that will drive this football program to its 12th national
0: championship. With Sean Stiers. I like that guy. What you could do is, is you could have a barbecue on that head. It's a good time, you know what I mean? Yeah. On Sports Radio 960 AM. WSBT. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. And now your host, Sean Stiers.
1: Well, how we doing? It's going to be a quick one today. We've got South Bend Cubs baseball pregame show starting at 545 and we're doing it a little bit differently in the first hour tonight. Jesse Stiers is uh, with me. He uh, does, uh, he's one of, of course, the rapid fire uh, guests in the second hour of the show uh, all the time here on Budweiser's weekday sports meeting so we're going to tackle a few topics here before we uh, before we uh, give it off to uh, Brendan King and some South Bend Cubs baseball here in uh, just about 38 minutes you ready to go Jess?
2: Yeah, I'm ready. This is going to be a fast, rapid fire, a rapid, <laughs> rapid fire, which is going to be hard for me because I'm not good. I'm yeah, not that's right. Words, you might have so. to edit
1: yourself a little bit. That's right. Because Christian McCollum is also going to join me here in a little bit to get a recruiting update in before we wrap this sucker up here in the first hour. So, we, we you know, I've been talking this week. Ed Orgeron, the former LSU head coach, he's been here at Notre Dame, brought his sons up, watched practice, talked to the Notre Dame football team this week do you buy or sell Orgeron's appearance as uh, maybe some shade being thrown back at Brian Kelly after Kelly's comments last week?
2: You know, I'm going to have to sell this as much as I would like it to be true for comical relief. I just think it kind of happened by coincidence based off the things that you were saying. I know Ed Orgeron is a big fan of Marcus Freeman. Uh, when he, it, Based off the interview that he did at LSU uh, when Freeman was interviewing for the defensive coordinator position, when he ultimately picked Notre Dame over LSU, um, I overall think Ed is just a, a football guy in general. That's the kind of vibe I get from him all the time, and he just enjoys being around the game. Um, I don't know about you, but I would love if Ed Orgeron showed up to practice and you know gave gave a team that I was a part of uh, some sort of um, motivational speech or talk. And uh, at the end of the day, I just think it's a it's a cool experience for those guys that he that he showed up. I don't think there was any despite because of Brian Kelly, I just think it's overall a big coincidence.
1: I do think it's a great coincidence is what it is. I, I, I guess if I had to, I would probably sell more than buy it. But at the same time, like when you listen to him and the stuff he was saying to the team, telling them they're going to win a national championship and how great the coaching staff is and all these different things. And there was never really any, you know, too much love lost between Orgeron and Kelly when they coached each other, you know, against each other so I just and of course Brian Kelly following Orgeron down there and Kelly talking about how he had you know needed to leave Notre Dame to go have a chance to win a national championship and of course Orgeron's just a couple years removed from winning a national championship it's just I don't know it just seems too juicy to be straight up complete coincidence but at the same time it's just it's it's kind of fun. To think about it you know just uh, seeing orange ron and his go tag his voice and you know all that kind of good stuff talking to the notre dame football team so i think i think you're probably right it's it's i would have to sell it as well but if it is a coincidence it is a great coincidence to have uh ed orgeron hanging around it just it was uh, you know just kind of odd to, to to see him hanging around notre dame this week and then a uh, great picture that he had with marcus freeman there uh, on the field in the practice facility earlier today with his three sons who are uh, along with him as well. So, Mel Kuyper Jr. has released his latest NFL mock draft. He has Notre Dame's Kyle Hamilton going at number 11 to the Washington Commanders. Here is what Mel Kuyper Jr. has to say about former Fighting Irish safety Kyle Hamilton. This is his write up that he has in his latest mock, and he's got him down a little bit at number 11 quote Hamilton has been dinged a little bit because of his 40 time which was 4.59 at the combine and a little slower at his pro day he's a fantastic player but he does not have rare physical tools which means he could fall out of the top 10 I would want him on my team at six foot four he could play multiple positions from center fielder to box linebacker he would make plays for a Washington defense that disappointed in twenty twenty one. End quote. So okay, so that is again Mel Kuyper uh dropping Kyle Hamilton a little bit, got him down at number eleven. What do you think about the evaluation, Jess?
2: You know, my first question here is I realize that he ran a four five nine um at the NFL combine. Do you know what his unofficial time was at the Notre Dame Pro Day?
1: Again, it was, it was like, like a 4-7. shade. Yeah, it was. a. I don't know if it was 4-7 or not, but it, it was it was a little bit slower anyway. So
2: I guess my, my biggest thing uh, that the Kyle Hamilton backlash since the draft has just really been baffling to me because he ran his best time when it mattered the most. You know, everyone is there. This is the NFL combine. And to my understanding, the combine holds more precedent uh, than, than than the pro day. Um, and, and you know the other thing I look at is obviously you aren't going to run your fastest every day and I'm sure adrenaline uh, of, of being at the NFL draft somewhat played into that so I guess the the thing I'm struggling with the most is why he's receiving like like he's all of a sudden slow or something like I don't think guys who run 4-3 at the combine are going to run a 4-3 every time on the laser you know there, there's such thing as variation uh, when you do these sorts of things and obviously the more the more you do them, the higher chance of variation there's going to be. But going forward, the, I guess the 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 comment that doesn't really sit well with me is he doesn't have rare physical tools, and this is just something I'm not jiving with. Kyle Hamilton is an is an enormous frame for a safety at six foot four and two hundred and twenty pounds. He can play safety in any scheme or alignment. He has tremendous run through talent, whether it be wide receivers over the middle or running backs. Uh, what I mean by that run through ability is he he's going to run through when he makes tackles he's not making arm tackles he's not getting you down by your shoelaces right he's squaring up his chest and shoulder pads and putting them right into the belly of your chest plate or the you know your belly in general so and he also has good fluid fluidity in his transitions hip transitions you know when he when he's in coverage uh definitely for his size and he has very long strides that provide exactly good range like a center fielder Uh, Over the top getting back and he can also play down in the box and fill down and run lanes, which is a physical attribute Um, And overall he has good length and agility to recover, you know, if he does take some sort of bad angle, so I Don't the 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 lack of rare physical tools It almost seems the opposite of what Kyle Hamilton is because I don't know about you But I don't see safeties that are six foot four and 220 pounds that have long strides like I was talking about that have the ability to come down and square you up and give you a thud, I I just, I don't know. I I don't know what else to say about that because I just don't agree. I think it's the opposite.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's like, what are you defining as the rare physical tools? Because as you said, being six foot four as a safety, I mean, that made him pretty hard or pretty easy to spot back there at the back of the D. You know, that's like, you knew exactly where Kyle Hamilton was and some of that, you know, helps... Uh, quarterbacks, offenses, try to, you know, stay away from him as much as possible. But because of those long strides, he's able to make up some time. Here's what I don't get. It's like we, you know, guys in the 40 times, they always get so overblown when it comes, you know, that's that's obviously the biggest thing that everyone wants to talk about. But I, I looked up, you know, just off a, a couple of, of 40 times of some significant safeties in the NFL Cam Chancellor, four point six nine. That that is that is slower than Kyle Hamilton. He had a great, <laughs> a great career with the Seattle Seahawks. Sean Taylor, Hall of Famer, four point five one. So you're talking about eight one hundredths of a second better. You know. So it's it, what what helps Kyle Hamilton is one what you're talking about the unique size that he has at six foot four and his ability. You know, with those long strides to cover so much ground, but also he just has great instincts, first of all. And you know, that's what that's what these, you know now, I'm not going to put him, you know, in in into the Hall of Fame just yet, but as far as college anyway, great college player. There's a reason, you know we're talking about him as a first round draft pick. it's it's the other stuff that, you know, to go along with whatever physical attributes that he does or doesn't have. And the instincts that he has from day one—he, you know, he just he knows where the ball is. He knows where he's supposed to be. He knows where he's going. His reaction time and the range, you know, to help make up for the fact that maybe he's not, you know, quick twitch, fast, and all that kind of stuff. But you know, to me, the biggest thing—he's a safety at six foot four who is able to be physical and he can match up with a tight end in the NFL. And tight ends in the NFL—that is, you know, so it's such a huge part of the game. Today, So, you know, again, it's splitting hairs. We're still talking about a guy they're projecting to go 11th overall in the first round. That's still pretty darn good. So, you know, I don't know if I can get too worked up about it. But again, you, you split hairs on that 40 time to begin with. It's It's not the end all be all. How fast do you play? That's still the most important thing.
2: Yeah, and like you were saying, I just uh, it, there's I feel like we're getting over analytical at this point. We're talking about the 11th pick and the number two pick. Wherever he goes, he's gonna be a stud. And if teams don't want to take him, like I said before, I'd be happy for him to fall down to the Cowboys, uh, down in the 20s area. <laughs> and, and another big aspect of what you were talking about is we see so many good tight ends these days, like Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, um, yeah. And, there's, there's other guys I can't think of right now, but it's been a long week. I'm having a brain fart, but for a safety, it's okay. George, up, Kittle. <laughs>
1: George
2: Kittle, George uh, Kittle, but, 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 for a safety to match up on guys like that, that's, that's a big difference because Kyle Hamilton provides that body frame that n- not usual safeties have. So those guys are going to have to work a little bit harder. I guarantee Travis Kelsey isn't going to like when he has to play Kyle Hamilton because of that reason. So I think Kyle Hamilton is one of the most versatile defensive players and safeties we've seen in a long time, just off what we've been talking about. He can line up in any alignment, he can line up in the box, down in the box, and, and almost play like an outside rover, linebacker type position, but he can also drop back in safety and cover ground, so I think he's going to be a stud no matter where he goes, um, we're sitting here arguing about you know uh, uh, the potential of eight to nine picks within the first round, so as, as long as he doesn't follow the first round i think that would be uh catastrophic <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that, yeah and that's that's the other thing is we're we're still talking about him as a mid first round guy we're we're not talking about him dropping out of the first round now if that that you know this these are still projections so who knows what could actually happen but yeah you know we're not nobody's projecting him right now to fall even late in the first round, let alone out of the first round or, you know, the third round or something like that. We're still talking about a guy going in the upper third of the first round. All right. You're a Cubs fan thoughts on the Cubs through the first five games of the season.
2: You know, it's been, it's been a really pleasant surprise watching the Cubs, the first five games of the year. Um, And I know it's only been the first five games, but you know, to open up the season and almost completely sweep the Brewers, uh, that, that actually sat very well with me, and I'll, I'll tell you why. They, uh, watching the uh, the Cubs broadcast, you know, they probably said four or five times, Cubs and Brewers played a total of 19 times last year. The Cubs only won four of those 19 games against the Brewers last season. And now, to come out to the beginning of the season and, and win two and almost sweep the Brewers, they've yeah. already matched 50% of their wins against the brewers from just a season ago um the things i really liked about the cubs so far is their plate discipline uh they are not swinging at balls and they are making it very well known um the point proven when you look at a guy named like Seiya suzuki yeah i don't think he's swung at a ball yet he has three or four home runs um the man is just anytime he swings the ball the good things are going to happen he's taking a good amount of walks um, and that's the approach I like to see with this Cubs team. You know, they made it apparent that they're not going to go out and sign big names. They're going to stick with their guns offensively and within their pitching rotation. Um, so if they're going to do that with guys like Frank Swindle, uh Patrick Wisdom, Nico Horner, uh, Wilson Contreras, you got to have plate discipline, Jason Hayward. These are going to get you long at bats. And when you don't have as much talent, you got to get into teams' bullpens as soon as possible. So if they can get those pitch counts up to 80 or 90 pitches in the first five or six innings, that's going to bode very well for the Cubs. Um, And like I said, I am very pleased with the offensive production that I've seen out of Seiya Suzuki uh, and and Ian Happ, actually. You know, I haven't seen his numbers as of recently, but he was having very good at-bats. Uh, the first couple of games. And I think a guy who needs to stay healthy and really, really have some sort of production this year is Nico Horner. I think he's another very good contact hitter. He's not going to blast a lot of balls out, even though he did on opening day, which proved to be, uh, the, the deciding deciding, uh, hit to beat the Brewers. Those are the types of things that we need to happen. And another thing I was really impressed with outside of Kyle Hendricks performance yesterday, where he gave up like six runs and four or five innings is their starting rotation. looked very good. Uh, the first, you know, their first time through each of those guys went five or six innings. I think they only had like a, on average, like a 1.5 ERA. Uh, Some of their bullpen guys looked good. And, you know, they're really sticking to their guns with these with their pitching uh, and their bullpen, because now it's time that these are their grown uh, home homegrown guys, guys that they yeah. drafted, developed and everything like that. So they're they are doubling down on everything this year so so far I'm pleased very small sample size five games um, I'd like to you know see where things go uh, but so far so good
1: yeah the 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 homegrown pitching I think is a big deal it's it's kind of been I think that they they knew as an organization they were deficient at it uh, you know under under Theo Epstein and it's it's finally starting to come around and interesting I saw this the Cubs historian, put this out a couple of days ago game two an interesting footnote four pitchers drafted by the Cubs Justin Steele Keegan Thompson Ethan Roberts and Zach Efros combined to shut out the Brewers that was just the third time since 2011 that the Cubs had a shutout using exclusively homegrown pitchers in a game Ed uh, Hartig is uh the Cubs historian who uh who noted this? Jeff Samarja and Carlos Marmol in 2012, and then Justin Steele and Abel Alzale last year. The only times uh, beyond that, game two this year, that that has happened, where homegrown Cubs pitchers have combined for a shutout. Now, I mean, when you look at those, that's, that's four guys right there Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, Roberts, and Efros, who took a little bit longer to get through the Cubs organization than they thought. A teammate of Kyle Schwarber's down there at Indiana. But, you know, it's what I've been saying for a while. They haven't even been able to develop middle inning, you know, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, you know, 7th, 8th, you know, type inning guys who can come in and pitch an inning for you. They're finally starting to do that, and I think that that is pretty important for them. As far as the offense, look the first couple of games like they'd be able to score without relying on home runs. They've kind of been a little bit more home run reliant. I do agree about your, you know, what you were saying about the at-bats, but still more home run reliant. Schwindel and Wisdom have got to pick it up though pretty soon. They were so big for them last year, you know, yeah, they're they're exactly. they're relying on them this year, and neither one of them is uh, you know, really off to a blistering start. Now that can change because they're only five games in, but they really need those guys to get going if that offense is going to be more consistent, I think. All right. Well, Jess, that is uh rapid fire, five o'clock hour, and we are out of here. So <laughs>
2: The rapid, rapid fire is over. That's
1: right. The rapid, rapid fire. I know you've got work to do. I, I would have said enjoy it, but uh, <laughs> good it's luck. It's been a long week. Yeah, good luck getting it done. Have a good weekend. We've got more Cub stuff we'll talk about next week.
2: Sounds good. Thanks for having
1: me. All right, absolutely. Jesse Stires, And uh, again, if you don't listen to the, to the 6 o'clock hour, Jesse, Vince D'Addario, Bobby Hensley all join me uh, throughout the week, every week doing rapid fire topics. And uh, so Jess will be back next week in that regular time. As far as right now, I need to tell you, speaking of baseball, this baseball season you can turn Ks into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a risk-free first bet up to 1000 bucks. So just sign up, place your first bet, and FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back site credit if you don't win. FanDuel has great promotions every day. The app is safe and secure, and you get paid out fast when you win. And uh, see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, sign up using my promo code WSBT, get started with your first bet up to $1,000. That is promo code WSBT. We've got that Cubs Rockies game going on tonight. I like Chris Bryant to Homer against the Cubs in uh, in his first game in a Rockies uniform at uh, Coors Field tonight. So uh, keep an eye on that one. That's one that I like for this evening. Again, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, use my promo code WSBT, get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. 21 plus and present in Indiana. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Max. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We're brought to you by Budweiser, Tim Grau State Farm Insurance, Barnabys of Mishwank and Granger, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, we've got a Notre Dame football recruiting update. Christian McCollum is going to have it right here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Budweiser's weekday sports Week continues and begins to wind down. We've got South Bend Cubs baseball coming up here in just a few minutes. But first, Christian McCollum joins us from irisportsdaily.com to talk a little bit of Notre Dame football recruiting news. Christian will just jump right into it. We talked about the wide receiver Braylon James last week, and it, it sounded like the 2023 kid from Texas was going to make an announcement last saturday but he didn't do that so what's the latest with him right now
3: yeah so not much has changed uh james's plan he was going to announce on uh, cbs sports um hq uh last week that was kind of the plan but um apparently cbs decided they they wanted to devote their coverage to some little golf tournament in georgia ah yes (laughs) so uh they didn't have room to squeeze in uh Uh mr james's announcement so, um, you know, they pushed that back, just, like I said, just for these logistical reasons. Um, the date I'm hearing now is, is April 19th, which is Tuesday. Okay. Uh, nothing's changed on our end, uh, the way we feel. We feel Notre Dame is in the, the strongest position um, of all the contenders right now, and, um, you know, we'll see what he announces on April 19th, but feel pretty good about where the Irish are.
1: All right, so that is still going to be with with the CBS Sports then, I take it? Yes. Okay, yep. all right, so we'll have to keep an eye out on that on Tuesday leading up to the Blue-Gold game next week. So, a couple key visits that Notre Dame had last week. How did things go with the 2023 Illinois offensive lineman Charles Jagusa?
3: Yeah, so we talked about him last week coming into the visit and how he was kind of a top-of-the-board type talent and type target for Notre Dame. Been that way for about a year uh, kid really enjoyed getting a look in-depth look at Notre Dame. He already saw the game for USC; that was all fine. He wanted to tour campus. He wanted to watch practice. Was impressed with both. Um, spent some time with Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese. Told me that he he sees them both as super genuine individuals who really just are themselves, and it's really impressive to him. He likes that from them. Feels like those are the guys he can trust and count on. Spent a lot of time with Coach Harry Heastand. Uh, as expected Um, told me that he really likes the way uh, he Stan explains things and teaches Hmm. his players. And he he told me he likes how he keeps it relatively simple um, compared to other places he's been, uh, which was definitely a positive. Um, He he stands um, pitch to him right now is is pretty simple. No other place is going to offer him the combination of football and academics that Notre Dame can. And and that seems to be at home with Jagusa he really likes that message, and, and you could tell that he kind of perked up. The other thing for him is, you know, faith is a big deal for him. Um, and, you know, he we talked about that. I talked about that with him. He, he said that's part of his life that gives him purpose, and he's serious about it. I mean, he's serious to the point where, you know, he requested his coach stop on their way out driving home so he could attend Mass on Saturday. Oh, wow. Um, and he, and he went in there. young man went in there by himself and attended Mass. And, you know, then on Sunday he did visit Michigan. So – um, Notre Dame's in a really really good spot with him and he told me he will quote definitely be back this summer because his mom hasn't made it down yet. Both trips he did, he did with his coach and he wants mom to see it before he makes a decision. Um, you know, not quite as confident on him as I am on James, uh but again, it's it's hard to imagine being a, rather being another school at this point in his recruitment.
1: Interesting to hear that about a Harry stand as a teacher because he's kind of got that gruff, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, reputation i guess and barking and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff but at the core of it he's still a teacher and i think that that's what has made him so part of what makes him so successful so 100 percent what about another 2023 offensive lineman from north carolina sam pendleton
3: yeah so this is the kid if you remember that notre dame has moved on relatively quickly here in the last six weeks or so they just offered him last month he scheduled the visit to come up uh, last week things went really well so He told me, you know, it wasn't that he didn't need to see anything from Notre Dame football, but he already knew Notre Dame football would be top tier. So what he really wanted to see was he wanted to learn more about the academics, and he learned a ton, and it was all good. So he wants to major in engineering. He knows that that's a challenge. um, So he really wants to, like, when he goes on these visits, he wants to see the plan. How would this work if I wanted to do it? What kind of structure would it be? And at Notre Dame, he was blown away because, you know, he was shown, shown examples, you know, uh, here are players that have done it. Sam Mustafer majored in engineering at Notre Dame. And there's even a few guys on the team now that are currently doing it. So Notre Dame was able to point to these guys and say, yeah, you definitely could do it. Matter of fact, these guys are doing it or have done it. And, you know, uh, Pendleton told me that's the first time he's actually like really been around people who were majoring in engineering and playing football. <laughs> um, other schools have really good engineering programs, that he's considering uh but that one really really made a difference to him um he really liked uh marcus freeman and and, uh, harry he stands philosophies basically tied together it's all about competing but being a family within that um you know that program the team that really hit home to him which didn't surprise me because talking to his high school coach that's kind of the way his high school you know family is that's the way his high school team is um so he's a kid that you know Decision expected soon. Now, he had glowing things to say about Notre Dame when we spoke to him for a story on Um, irishsportsdaily.com. Basically said Notre Dame has everything he's looking for in a school, and it felt like home. That being said, I think everybody that's in this race right now believes they have a chance because he has glowing things to say about everybody. And I I don't think he's being disingenuous by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think he's leading anybody on. Mm -hmm. I think it's just that he really likes these places he's going. Um, NC State is a program. He's, you know, considering Clemson's in there. He was just at Florida, um, Virginia Tech, Penn State, Michigan. So there's a lot of schools still in it here, and everybody kind of feels like they're in a pretty good spot. So we'll just have to see where Notre Dame lands.
1: Yeah, I mean, NC State's getting ready to send Osita Equana's brother to the NFL, like <laughs> pretty high in the draft, I believe, as mm-hmm. an offensive lineman. So. All right, there's a 2022 running back who's actually kind of still floating around out there. I think it's Jabron Payne visited last week uh going to announce his decision actually tomorrow so what kind of feeling do you have with him
3: yeah yeah another saturday guy i think you know i'm I'll give you some of these notes John. i tomorrow <laughs> i don't know what day it is. that's it's all. Right. A saturday there um, he he he's the kid that see decided- you're like
1: me it's like it's felt like this should be friday you know every 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 day has been a week behind or a, every week Every day this week has been a day behind, but I, yeah, I digress. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs>
3: um, he's the kid who signed with Indiana, and then they had you know so much coaching turnover that he was able to get out of his letter of intent. And part of that coaching turnover, obviously, was the running back position with DeLon McCullough uh, coming from Indiana to Notre Dame. So, you know, he backed out of that, got, got out of that LOI, um, took some visits, and it seems like now it's down to Notre Dame and Kentucky. Obviously, Notre Dame has that good advantage there, having hired McCullough. Um, And everything we hear seems to suggest uh, Notre Dame's in a pretty good position here. Um, When he was on campus last week, it's pretty clear they made him a priority just based on how much time he had with Freeman and the rest of the coaching staff. Sounds like he wanted that, you know, he had some boxes of his own. He wanted to come up and check, and it seems like they checked him. Um, You know, I don't want to put too much emphasis on the timing with him visiting and then scheduling an announcement a week later. Because um, he's obviously as a twenty-two, he needs to have his process needs to be more accelerated than these twenty-three kids. But you know, it's not nothing, right? Like the fact that you just visited Notre Dame and now you're like, okay, I'm ready to make my announcement. Sure, that's not that's not nothing. So um, you know, science are pretty you know, indicators are pretty good there for Notre Dame as well.
1: All right, any uh, couple quick thoughts on Cooper Flanagan and Adon Schuler? They're both commits who visited uh, last weekend.
3: Yeah, these are kids that are you know, pretty much early commits for Notre Dame in the 23 class, but guys that were already being pursued heavily by other schools even before the coaching shakeup at Notre Dame. Um, both have maintained the fact that they're really committed to Notre Dame. Uh, Don made a trip to Kentucky and um, another couple stops before making out to Notre Dame this weekend. But it's worth noting those stops were part of a tour he made with his Irvington High School team, and he made it clear to me that He told his coach, hey, we got to get home before we get home, meaning we need to see Notre Dame uh, before we get back to Jersey. So I think things are good there. Um, Cooper Flanagan, he's the tight end from California, like you said. You know, LSU's coming after him. Alabama's coming after him. Cal's coming after him. Mm. Of those three right now, Cal seems to be the one that has his attention a little bit to the point where, you know, I expect him to take a visit to Cal. That being said, you know, his big thing, you know, with this coaching shakeup, you know, Marcus Freeman was a preferred candidate of his. He didn't know Gerard Parker, but he got to meet Coach Parker this weekend. It sounds like Coach Parker killed it, so um, I think Cooper Flanagan's good with Notre Dame too.
1: All right, sounds great. Christian McCollum, irisportsdaily.com. We don't have time for the spiel today, but just go to irisportsdaily.com. They've got all kinds of Notre Dame coverage, recruiting and spring practice and everything else. Christian, great stuff. Appreciate it as always. I'll talk to you next week, buddy. Thank you, Sean. All right, absolutely. Christian McCollum from Irishsportsdaily. .com. That's going to do it for Budweiser's weekday sports beat today. We've got South Bend Cubs baseball on the way. It's a doubleheader from Fort Wayne, Indiana. The 10 caps tonight. Brendan King is going to have the call. So we'll wrap it up. And, of course, remind you that we're brought to you by Budweiser, by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Barnabys of Mishawaka and Granger, and Tim Grau State Farm Insurance. South Bend Cubs baseball is coming up next on Sports Radio 960
0: WSBT.